On the CTA, only about half as many people are riding the trains and buses as were before COVID-19. We're also seeing a worker shortage at the Transit Authority that's causing service delays and other problems like a disconnect between the bus and train trackers and what's really happening on the ground. Some riders have complained about so-called ghost trains. They show up on the app, but not in real life. Joining us now is P.S. Sriraj, director of the University of Illinois Chicago's Urban Transportation Center. Welcome. Morning, Sasha. And now, if you are a CTA rider, tell us, what's your experience been in recent months? Have you seen these ghost trains and ghost buses? Give us a call now at 866-915-WBEZ. That is 866-915-WBEZ. Now, the CTA says that it uh, it has fewer buses and trains running during the pandemic, which is to be expected with uh, with ridership down so much. Can you talk about how the CTA has had to change its service during the pandemic? Um, first of all, the CTA has been put in a very unenviable position, as have been many of the transit systems across the country, because transit has been the lifeline for most large urban areas and many of the rural areas around the country for the majority of the population. And the pandemic came at a very, very bad time with transit already facing very perceptible changes in ridership, albeit towards the negative side. Mm -hmm. So there was a drop in ridership as it was happening. And CTA has been very uh, strongly um, leaning towards maintaining its level of service as they would have wanted to during the pre-pandemic times. And uh, they tried to do that for the beginning of the pandemic, and then they had to alter, uh, uh, switch gears, and then move into a very focused service mm-hmm. for corridors where there was much more need than other corridors. So that's the way they reshifted and realigned uh, their resources in order to make sure those that were still dependent on transit had uh, the mechanism and the option to ride the service, even with the reduced capacities, because they had capped the capacity at 15 per bus and um, along the same lines for the train cars. So Mm. those were uh, instrumental in how CTA had to shift gears and then move into a new realm of service. And they have been trying to realign with their pre-pandemic service levels after, uh, well, looks like we're still stuck in the middle of the pandemic, but uh, there are signs that we're coming out of it, and CTA has been trying to get back to normal standards. But mm-hmm. what they are facing now is that the ridership is not back yet. I see. Yeah, and talk that more puts about them that. In a very unenviable position. Yeah, help me understand that some more. The commuting patterns throughout the pandemic. You, you talk about this drop in ridership. We definitely saw that at the very beginning, but did it stay consistently, or was there a time that it did kind of increase? And and now we're back. What has that so, looked like? I don't think we are back yet. Um, Most of the numbers that we see from the CTA and other transit systems, uh, people who have been using transit over the last 15, 20 years, they've been the ones that are not necessarily your dependent users, but more of a choice user, uh, which means that they have the right to complete their trip in any which way they want to, but they chose to exercise it with the transit service provisions they had. Um, These are also, for the majority of the cases, they are also the white-collar workers. And they, during the pandemic, they switched to 
more of a flexible arrangement with work from home habits mm-hmm. and other mechanisms that were supplied by their employers and once they used it and they found that it was very comfortable and from the employer perspective productive uh, they continued to exercise that option so it's not necessarily a reflection on the service that the CTA or any other transit system was offering it's more the convenience that they the newly found convenience if you will mm-hmm. of having to be able to work wherever they were in any part of the world as long as the work was getting done the employers shifted to that attitude and that is one of the main contributors in my opinion yeah. to the diminished ridership you know the cta is receiving a lot of complaints uh, the chicago tribune recently profiled a group called commuters take action that's uh, organizing to call attention to delays you know those so-called ghost trains that i mentioned and other problems too a lot of people are fed up and i, I expect that we're going to hear from uh, at least a few of them in the next few minutes here on the program how big of an issue is this this customer dissatisfaction for for the cta could be potentially game changing. Uh the reason I mentioned that is because of the user profile that Transit has come to be dependent on over the last 20 30 years which are the choice users. There is still a very robust uh segment of the population that is totally dependent on public transportation and that was what was manifesting itself at the peak of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. These are the essential workers as they came to be labeled. they are still using public transportation for a variety of their needs but there there is a healthy percentage of users that can depend on other mechanisms to complete their uh, mobility needs including working from home and if that base gets eroded the because of service quality then transit is going to be left uh, holding the bag mm-hmm. A reminder we are taking your comments live right now about what you are seeing and what you are experiencing on CTA trains and buses this summer. Any delays or service issues that you want to report or are things going well on your line? Give us a call now at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Let's jump to the phones. We've got Maritza in Jefferson Park waiting. Hi, welcome to Reset. Hi Sasha, how are you? Doing well. How are you? How's your commute? Um my commute is very frustrating. I actually only go into the office once a week, but even then it's like I get to the train station when the bus is supposed to arrive within 5 minutes and I'm waiting between 15 to 25 minutes for the bus to finally show up and it's very frustrating and it makes it very hard to get anywhere on time. And I'm only four stops from where the train starts, so it's Oh. It's yeah, it's very um baffling why it would be so delayed. Yeah. And you've been noticing it mostly for the summer, right? Or has it been going on for a while? No, it's been going on for a while, definitely since um I'm trying to think. I think I started going back into the office in like April of this year. Okay. So, yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, Maritza. I do hope this situation gets gets turned around soon. Thanks for sharing. Um we reached out to the CTA. No one was available though to come on the show with us today. Uh but they did provide a statement. Uh the CTA spokesperson said, "Quote, throughout the pandemic, the CTA has worked very hard to provide as much service as possible." However, like every US transit agency, the pandemic has impacted our workforce 
including employee scheduling and availability. End quote. What do you make of that, P.S. Raj? That is, uh, I mean, that's one of the main issues here. When you're dependent on a workforce that's been more or less stable for a long period of time, uh, at the peak of the pandemic, the CTA uh, workforce, uh, dominant majority of them were, uh, I think, either had underlying conditions that made them vulnerable to be exposed or be uh, attacked by the virus. And so there were some staffing issues that they had to deal with mm-hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic. As the pandemic wore on, many of these workers either quit or were not were calling in sick. And many of those uh, incidents started happening. When you cannot necessarily plan ahead of time for these unforeseen uh, fluid situations pertaining to the workforce, it puts the agency in a bind. And yeah. that's what we are seeing. So the agency cannot necessarily react in a in a very real-time manner to unforeseen drop in workforce. Yeah. And that's one. So I'm guessing as time progresses, as the workforce situation stabilizes, the CTA will be able to plan their service according to what their base workforce will be. Let's talk more about this this disconnect between what's on tracker apps and the displays at uh, bus and train stops and and what's actually happening in real life. As you heard from, you know, Maritza, you know, riders are very upset about that. I'm thinking, you know, there's nothing worse than standing there waiting 20 minutes or so only to see that your bus or your train hasn't arrived as scheduled. What needs to be done to fix that problem? Uh, it's, it's a big challenge. Uh, as much as uh, the agency should be on top of it to communicate as and when they know that there are going to be delays, uh, the, the, sometimes the communication may not come through in a, uh, in a meaningful manner. Even if there is a five to ten minute delay in getting that message out, mm-hmm. by the time it comes through to the end user, you may have seen that 20 minute gap. And, and that, that could be part of the issue here. So, uh, the, I mean, Thinking out loud, the, the main thing that needs to happen is for the CTA to be able to depend on a base of workforce and employees mm-hmm. that they can count on. Uh, they can, if, they, if they are going to see some erosion in that base and they are not able to turn it over in a manner that will allow for them to continue the level of service, they have no option but to reduce the service. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about CTA safety and ghost buses with P.S. Sriraj, who's director of the University of Illinois Chicago's Urban Transportation Center. We're also hearing from you. Let's jump to Melanie, who is on the line in Oak Park. Hey, Melanie. Oh, hi. This is fun. I didn't know if I'd get on because I wasn't sure if I was exactly related to this, but I'm happy to talk about what's been a bother for me for a long time. Sure. What are you seeing? Well, my issue is that that people smoke on the L and including weed and it's happened to me a number of times and I've had other people with that experience. Yeah. You're in a train car and people are smoking. So is that deterring you then from, from wanting to take the train? Are you finding other ways to get where you need to go? It does. I mean, I was going downtown to meet friends for dinner and I was on a train and, you know, I felt like I smelled, I walked out smelling like smoke and I, felt very frustrated by having, being forced to sit in this car for, you know, a number of stops. And it's just, it's not right. And I, I feel like there should be some solution. Maybe there, is there a way that this 
you know, is there another way to do it that yeah. someone's smoking on a car, is there a button we can press? Is there a way we can let people know that this is, you know, we can get out of that situation and not yeah. be forced to sit for 20 minutes on a train car that way? Yeah, no, I hear you. Thanks for, for calling, Melanie. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, smoking is another issue. I mentioned a few at the top there. Safety is another concern. On, on CTA trains, a, a man was fatally stabbed this morning on the Red Line train in Englewood. Uh, this is just the latest of recent violence on trains and buses. Of course, they have not been immune either. How have rates of those incidents changed in the past year or so? Well, I I don't know because I've not tracked that, but I've heard anecdotes. Uh, I'm hearing more and more of those anecdotes from colleagues, from friends, who used the CTA quite regularly of people smoking or people with um, uh, with um, seemingly homeless type mm-hmm. uh, that are on the train. It used to be uh, very infrequent, but that was also the time when the ridership was very very robust. Yeah, uh, with with trains and buses being uh, almost uh, in a in a very shell of their former self in terms of ridership. I believe it has given the bandwidth for these elements to infiltrate the transit system. Of course, uh, if I was the CTA, I would say use the emergency button that is in any train car to alert the operator so they can take action to come and remove the concerned individual from the car. Um, but that's that's a question for the CTA. If they are uh, mm-hmm. allowing for these types of disturbances to be uh, labeled as emergency, to alert the operator. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll listen to today's segment and they'll they'll call us back and they'll join us on another day, hopefully. Um, let's hear from Tiago in Evanston. Hi, welcome to Reset. Hi, hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, yeah, I think kind of um, a, a little bit about what was just said about, it feels like anecdotally, we're hearing more and more of these stories about violence. I mean, I took the CTA last summer to uh, downtown for the first time in a couple of years, and it felt really unsafe with, and and I I also had the same experience as the previous caller um, with uh, the, you know, people smoking on the train and us having not any sort of like real recourse. And the more we're hearing anecdotally about people getting shot and stabbed and incidences of violence, it feels like who is tracking this information? Where, where is the true information? Is it just, bad news travels faster, uh, who, who is ultimately responsible for getting that information? Because ultimately it will affect ridership. We had some friends from out of town that just came in and said they, they hadn't ridden the CTA in 15 years and said they'll never get back on it again. Wow. Frankly, since, yeah. Yeah, so, that's, that's uh, yeah. You know, I, I hear your, your point there. Uh, P.S. Sriraj, what do you think? I think that's a very valid concern. This is yeah. usually the reason how perception becomes reality. Um, the anecdotes, as they are uttered more and more frequently, it snowballs and becomes the uh, stigma that CTA may have to live with until they take corrective actions or put out information that confirms or co- consoles the user that, okay, the incidents of violence or uh, these kinds of behavior are not as um, widespread as the public seem to be thinking of. Uh, So by putting out statistics, by putting out 
information by showing how corrective actions are being taken. Mm-hmm. They have to address the perception because it's more about the perception than the reality itself. Sometimes the reality could be very, very severe. But in many cases, it's the perception that will affect future ridership. As this gentleman just said, if there is a genuine fear because of the perception of lack of safety of riding the system, if you are going to avoid using transit, then that's a loss for CTA and not for anyone else. You know, we heard earlier about that group, Commuters Take Action, that's you know been described as kind of a, a guerrilla campaign. What would you suggest riders do to advocate for a dependable public transportation system? I mean, there's many, many mechanisms that can be done to take get the authorities to take take action. The public campaigns are one. Definitely, it sheds light. It gets us to talk about it, uh, but that's not where it ends. You have to back it up with numbers, back it up with enough credible information that will rise up to the level of uh, intervention on the part of the authorities. And so that's where I think uh, the rubber meets the road. Someone has to really request the data and analyze it and then look at whether there are significant changes pre-pandemic to now in terms of ridership. Definitely that is the case. In terms of safety, that has not yet been looked at very carefully. Mm -hmm. So maybe that that is an area to focus on. The behavioral issues may not register themselves because unless there is a crime, it's not going to be cataloged. Right. So the behavioral issues have to be registered through complaints, and those complaints have to be looked at. How many complaints are you receiving now as to before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to leave it there for now. If you are calling right now, I see some calls coming through, or if you're on hold, consider leaving us a voicemail at 888-915-9945. Again, that's 888-915-9945. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this transportation issue, and we'll play your voicemails tomorrow. P.S. Raj is the director of the University of Illinois Chicago's Urban Transportation Center. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sarsha, for having me. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.